Tonight's episode of Legacy Battle is brought to you by Atlas Benefits. Atlas Benefits has solutions for your insurance needs. Atlas Benefits can help you obtain Medicare, health, or life insurance, and employee benefits. You can find them on the web at www.atlasbenefits.com. Or you can contact Rob Ducey or Roy Smith at 727-600-2892 and mention Legacy Battle Podcast. Atlas Benefits has all the solutions for your insurance needs. Enjoy the show. This is Legacy Battle. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube, iHeart, Spotify, Amazon Music. We're on that now, too. Hit that subscribe button. I am Michael Adams, curator of Legacy Battle. My panelists tonight from uh, Arsenal FC out of Pittsburgh, we got Kevin Adams. And we're joined by a special guest tonight. He's a current professional soccer forward. He's played for 12 years with Oklahoma City, Kansas City, Wilmington, had a loan to Vancouver, Cincinnati, St. Louis, Louisville, and currently with the hometown Tampa Bay Rowdies here. He's got 81 career goals coming into the 2022 season. Check out his YouTube channel. You can see some of his just phenomenal plays that he's made in his career. I'll be putting clips, of course, on as well during our Q&A. So from your Tampa Bay Rowdies, we got Kyle Gregg here. Kyle, thank you for joining us. Yeah, I appreciate you. I'm happy to be on here with you guys. Thanks for making the time. It's, it's awesome. We're, we're we're excited to do this. will be our, our third soccer show, so we're excited to do that. Tonight's debate is just going to be the greatest U.S.-born forward slash midfielder, and uh, we're going to start this out with Landon Donovan. What a, what a household legend. name. Household name. I mean, you, you talk about U.S. Uh, soccer. How could you not mention Donovan's name? He holds numerous MLS records and records for the, the men's national team. He was regarded as the greatest U.S. men's soccer player of all time. He was voted the best U.S. soccer player of all time by a poll conducted by ESPN, and MLS have him ranked as the greatest American soccer player of all time. Uh, he signed with uh, Bayer uh, 04 in 1999. 2005, he went on loan uh, with San Jose Earthquakes of MLS, but he would uh, move back to the United States permanently and play for Los Angeles Galaxy. Uh, he would later go on back to uh, Germany on loan to, to Bayer, uh, Bayern Munich. He played a short time in Everton. He retired in 2014, but then made another comeback in 2016 with the LA Galaxy again. Um, you know, this is a very versatile player. He was known for his quickness, his goal-scoring ability. Very versatile, known for his pace and stamina, as well as his intelligence and technical skill. Longtime international and club manager Bruce Arena who, who was the manager for the men's national team for quite a bit, was quoted saying, the problem with Landon is that he's your best player at so many positions that you never know where to put him. Um, he has a record six MLS Cups and is the league's all-time assist leader with 136. Uh, the, the MLS MVP award was actually renamed the Landon Donovan MVP award in his honor. Um, 
He's the all-time leader in assists and tied with Clint Dempsey as the all-time leader in scoring. He's the second most capped player for his country. He played 157 games for U.S. and scored 57 goals. He's the first American player to reach 50 goals and 50 assists. He is a four-time winner of the U.S. Soccer Athlete of, of the Year Award. He's the only man to do so and the first man to win it in consecutive years, as well as the only seven-time winner of the Honda Player of the Year Award. He started in the U.S. team that reached the quarterfinals in 2002 uh, at the World Cup and received the Best Young Player Award there. His three goals in 2010 is what put him the highest-scoring male American player in World Cup history, uh, one of three American players to score more than one in one in more than one World Cup. He did that. Uh, so did Brian McBride and Clint Dempsey, who Mike's going to represent here shortly. But he also played midfield, where he could benefit the team with his playmaking ability, his passion, passing vision, his defensive play. He served as first choice for penalty kicker. If you needed a guy to hit that shot from outside the box, you're going to Donovan. This man can make the plays. He could score. He is U.S. soccer. So b before I come to you, Kyle, I should point out this is U.S. men's. <laughs> We've done the women's show prior. Check that out in the archives. Mia Hamm won that one, not to give it away, but she did uh, with Eintracht Frankfurt goalie Brianne Heberlin. But So, Kyle, with Landon Donovan, he's obviously the biggest name in the United States as far as men's soccer goes. I, I don't think there's a lot of debate as far as him being the biggest name, but he's also scored the biggest goals in, in our country's history. I mean, what are your thoughts on him as a player? Did he, did you notice any weaknesses to his game at all? Um, he's an interesting one for me. Like, obviously he's a legend. He's, you know, somebody that I've, you know, watched for basically ever since I started watching soccer, you know, cause you know, growing up, you know, EPL, things like that weren't always as easily accessible as they are now, you know? And so uh, being able to watch Landon in the in the World Cups and, you know, back in the MLS days, I don't even know what channel it would have been on when I was growing up, you know? But, um, you know, he's just somebody that just, you just remember seeing, you know, like he he was the face of U.S. soccer and in the, in the, in the MLS specifically because, you know, he was our, he was already back in the MLS by the time I was really interested in watching soccer. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, he's, he's somebody that I've always, you know, remember watching both on the, the men's national team stage and, and the MLS stage as well. And I would say like the only thing I, I can't think of a weakness, but like he always just seemed like so calm and like there was just, you never really you, – you did see a couple throughout his career, you know, that you can see on highlights and stuff, but he seemed very, like, level-headed and and you didn't really see, like, an, an arrogance about him or anything like that. So uh, for a player to kind of make their stamp so much on, on you know, any country's um, soccer landscape, it was pretty cool to me to see somebody that was pretty calm, pretty level-headed, not, not arrogant, not like a Zlatan, you know – type of personality, especially these days, um, you're, you're seeing that a lot more with players, I feel like, um, is kind of an attitude thing. So I know that's not a weakness, but that's just something that I thought of and, and observed um, kind of as you guys were talking about those stats and me kind of reflecting about, you know, what, what my memories are of him uh, playing in the MLS specifically. So I, the only, I guess we'd say maybe knock on him is that he never did play in the EPL and the European leagues. Do you think he had the talent to do that? I mean, they say he wanted to stay here in America, but, 
I mean, the money, let's be honest, the money is over in Europe. Yeah, he did have those those spell those short spells over in Europe. Um, I remember in college we went over and uh, we were watching an Everton game. So I saw Tim Howard playing for Everton, and that was like weeks weeks before Landon went over. So I was like super bummed because they had announced that you know that he was going over there. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I, I think I think it would have been different. You know, I think I think potentially the U.S. soccer landscape would have been a a different story if a player like Landon didn't stick around in the MLS for so long, you know? Um, so I think I, I, I wouldn't knock him. I, I know there was probably opportunities and more money and things like that, but I do think him making the choice to kind of stick around, um, help the soccer, you know, landscape, help the soccer um, world grow in this, in this country, because, you know, uh, everybody saw him on the, on the, the stage of the, of the world cups and then also playing domestically. It was pretty special. Yeah. Well, let's move on to uh, Clint Dempsey. And I got Clint here tonight. So 2022 National Soccer Hall of Famer. So just went in. Congratulations to him on that. Um, played forward and midfielder. Um, played from 2004 to 2018 with New England, uh, Fulham, Tottenham, and his final six years were in Seattle up there in the MLS. Um, he's got a total of 409, 409 appearances scoring 129 goals. Internationally, he was on the U.S. under-20 team. And this, check this out. He scored 21 goals. That's incredible. In 13 appearances. That is a lot of goals. Uh, that, that's like Kevin numbers back in the day there. So from 04 to 17, he repped U.S. Uh, national team. He scored 57 goals and 141 appearances. And that is, of course, uh, tied first all-time with Landon Donovan. I think Kevin kind of mentioned that. He's 2004 uh, MLS Rookie of the Year. He's got an MLS Cup, a FIBA uh, Confederation Cup, Gold Cup top scorer, U.S. Soccer Athlete of the Year three times, and four-time MLS All-Star. So he's got all those accolades on him. He was versatile as well. Um, he can play several positions. He excelled at scoring with his head. So if you watch a lot of his stuff, he scored a lot of goals with his head. He wasn't afraid to get physical. Unfortunately, his physicality sometimes went a little too far, led to some suspensions here and there throughout his career. Um, his biggest accolade, at least I consider his biggest accolade, was from 2011 to 2020. He was named to that International Federation of Football History Team of the Decade. So that's just a fantastic uh, accomplishment to be put on that, especially being you know, American, that's always harder. Um, Bleacher Report, World Soccer Source, they have Dempsey as being better than Donovan. So these guys are kind of like 1A, 1B here. Um, but I, I give the edge, in my, in my personal opinion, I give the edge to Dempsey over Donovan because he's got seven years in the EPL. And we all know that the competition in the EPL was – better than it, what it is over here in the States. We, we, we mentioned that in, in both of our other soccer shows as well. So that's just kind of my take on it. Kyle, before I even ask you about Clint, I mean, do you feel that the European leagues are, are better than skill level wise than the leagues here in the United States? Or have yeah. we caught up to them by now? I think it's getting closer for sure. I think, I still think there's a lot, a lot more talent there and, you know, the best players, 
best players in the world are, are going to those leagues, you know, specifically in England. So uh, I do think it's a better league for sure. Uh, I agree with you there. Um, but I do think, I do think the MLS is getting, is getting a little bit closer. And I think as you see, you know, players come over and they give kind of their testimonies of, you know, what their experience is like in the MLS, you know, versus the perception of, of Europeans or other players across the world of, of, you know, the MLS becoming a retirement league or, you know, that it's easy when they come over here. I think when those players come over and they give their testimony, they're like, now this league's serious. This league's competitive, athletic. Um, the football is getting better. Um, so I, I do think the, the APL is, is ahead of the game still for sure. Um, but I think the U.S. is on the, the right track as far as uh, the standard raising in, in, in the MLS. So with Dempsey, like I said, he can score with his head quite a bit. He's a very acrobatic type player. And I mentioned his his, I guess, attitude could get him into some trouble. What were your thoughts on him as a player? And, and did he take things too far, in your opinion, sometimes? So, you know, my, my comments on, on Landon being kind of more level-headed with, you know, a couple moments that stick out of, of him, things getting heated and things like that. Whereas, you know, I always saw Clint Dempsey as a, a player with, with some swagger, with some some bite to him, um, didn't care what people thought, didn't care who he was going against, he would – you know, go face to face with that person or get stuck in or whatever he needed to do. But uh, I thought that's what made him um, a better player, you know, is like having that fire lit underneath him. Whereas Landon, I felt like maybe if, if he let, you know, his emotions get caught in him, then he would have, you know, not been as good of a player, you know, in that moment. I think there's different players like that um, that you see all over is, is, you know, what motivates them and what keeps them focused and, and things like that. I think some players, um, you know, get distracted from, you know, the simple things if they let their emotions take over. But I felt like Clint, Clint's game elevated when he was fired up and you saw it in, you know, you know, the world cups and, you know, with the red cards and whatever it was in, in whatever league he was playing in too, you know? So, and he was, a, he was a guy who was playing, you know, a lot of games for Fulham and, and, and uh, other other teams in the EPL, and so he didn't. You know, he was playing against some of the best players at the time in the world, so he he wasn't going to back down from anybody. So uh, he was somebody that I really really enjoyed watching. Um, who I didn't feel like, like I said, he didn't care, but he also had this um, kind of just Texas boy uh, vibe about him, where he didn't care what people really thought about him off the field either. You know, he kind of just said what he wanted and and just stuck to kind of who he was, which I have a lot of respect for. Um, but yeah, uh, my memories of, of Clint, especially in the EPL. And then also when he came back to Seattle, he was like so fun to watch. And, you know, my favorite partnership in the MLS was him and Nova Femi Martins was just like ridiculous for how many uh, goals that they scored, you know, they combined for and, and each of them had while they were playing together. So that, that was a fun pair to watch for sure. Kevin, let, let me ask you, because you were, let's say, a temperamental player uh, in all your sports. <laughs> That's the nicest way of putting it. You know, you, you've mentioned it, uh, I think, when we were doing a hockey show one time, that it can really hurt your team to be suspended out there. Your best player is leaving on a red card because he's getting kicked out. I mean, what, what's that do for the psyche of the rest of your team? Because I, I it's, it's really got to hurt you. It is going to hurt you. And prime example, I was a starting center, assistant captain leading score of my ice hockey team my senior year. I took a 
two and a 10 minute penalty and missed the whole third period. We lost the lead and lost the playoff game and got booted from the playoffs. It definitely messes away, especially a, a player of that caliber when you're the, the, the best player on the team and you get taken away and you're out and your, your team's playing down. Like it messes with the mentality, it messes with the flow, the pace. Kyle, you mentioned, you know, Donovan was very calm and can control himself, which I think elevates Donovan over Dempsey because of that, because you're not going to lose Donovan to a stupid, hot-headed uh, issue that's going to happen. Dempsey, he, he was known for that. Zinedine Zidane headbutted the dude in the finals of the World Cup, got the red card and was tossed. They lost. It's it's huge. When you're that when you're that caliber of a player, you need to keep your emotions in check because you're the leader of that team, and they can't afford to lose you off the field. Kyle, as far as just representing Team USA, was there uh... – one that you felt might have been a little better between the two of them internationally on the, the World Cup stage? Yeah, I mean, it's tough for, it's, it's tough for me to, to choose just because uh, I feel like both of them just represented, you know, the country and were, you know, focal points at their respective times and with the national team. I, it's tough for me to choose. I think some of my biggest memories, though, because Donovan was able to play in so many different World Cups with the U.S., is, is Donovan having a bigger impact over over um, over Dempsey? You know, um, just because he like was the guy, he was the you know United United States Men's National Team soccer. You know, he was the face and scored big goals in the World Cup. You know, um, and so I feel like what sticks out to me is is. Is Donovan over over Dempsey in that respect? Okay, him playing with Beckham in LA that was that was a nice little treat too for what three seasons I think it was Donovan and Beckham that was pretty impressive over there. It was so let let's go on to our, our final player for the the debate, Carlos Reina. Go ahead, Brian. All right, Claudio Reina actually. Oh, sorry, um, yeah. <laughs> so during Reina's three years. Um, early on in, in high school, St. Benedict's Prep School, the team never lost. Uh, they went undefeated 65-0. and 0. Um, He also became the only two-time uh, Parade Magazine Player of the Year and was named the Gatorade Player of the Year. So at the high school level, unbelievable. Um, then in college, he goes to the University of Virginia, and he leads the Cavs to three consecutive NCAA championships. So some great leadership there, too. He was captain of the team. 1994, he gets on the pro level. Um, he, he joins the German uh, uh, Bundesliga club, and he quickly becomes their captain. So more leadership for this guy. Uh, 1989, he goes on to the Scottish Premier League Rangers, and the Rangers thought so highly of him that it was nearly $4 million that they paid in exchange to get his services uh, for that team. So you're talking 1999. That's a lot more money, you know, uh, than it is today. Um, and then he ends up being the football uh, um, premier league uh, player of the year in 2000. Uh, then he joins Manchester City. Um, and then for a little while, then the, then, then the Red Bulls for a while as well until he finally retires. Um, on the world stage, he was the captain for Team USA in the 2006 World Cup. So this guy was just all about leadership, and he was just a man. I mean, 
a great forward. So Claudio was the guy I grew up on. I'm a little older than you, Kyle, uh, <laughs> just to throw that out there. But uh, he was kind of, let, let's say, the, the first U.S.-born forward that really became recognized, you know, beyond some of the other players. I mean, we, Lexi Lawless was a defenseman. He was pretty big there. Uh, was it Kobe Jones was pretty big there for a while, too. But, you know, what are your thoughts on Rainey as a player and, and just his leadership ability? Yeah, great question. Claudia Reyna was somebody who, for me, you know, talking about Dempsey, talking about Donovan, you know, I kind of talked about my experience watching them kind of in MLS and on the on the world stage with the men's national team. It's funny because, in, you know, I wasn't watching Claudia Reyna at the club football. You know, I, it wasn't accessible for me growing up to watch him while he was playing overseas. And so the only time I saw him was with the national team. In, and I remember, like, the, my earliest memories of watching the World Cup, you know, doing sleepovers with my friends and waking up at 6 a.m. and trying to keep our eyes open, watching the U.S. play whoever, and being like, who are some of these guys? You know, like, you knew you knew Donovan, you knew um, some of these other players, but, but, you know, when you were watching some of these other guys, like, who's, who's Claudio Reyna, you know? And, oh, and he's the captain? Like, you know, it was it was some of my earliest memories of watching the U.S. men's national team was watching Claudio Reyna and, and, you know, like you said, you, you attest, you know, he wore, he wore that captain's armband for a reason and he wore it for, for quite a while. And, and, uh, you know, and I didn't really know this, but, you know, you've educated me at, at the club level. He was, you know, highly sought after uh, leader for, you know, for these clubs and, and wore the captain's armband there as well. So obviously a pivotal guy for, you know, many, many clubs having lots of success everywhere he went from, you know, like you said, the, the record he had in, you know, his high school team all the way up through Virginia and then being the captain of, of these clubs. So, yeah, I think one of the best aspects you can have in a player and probably why he had so much success was, yeah, he was a talented soccer player, but also he brought so much value um, with his leadership skills. And so I think that that speaks volumes. And, and you know, I think you could argue maybe – the national team right now doesn't have like that guy, you know, they've kind of had these, you know, captains in these games and these qualifying matches and, and things like that. I think they do have great leaders, but like, and maybe things have changed where players maybe are naturally just more leaders um, as well. But like he was like, boom, this is the, this is the captain back in those days at the world cup. So uh, it'd be interesting to see, you know, who's that next guy that's going to, like, step up and really be, like, the captain for the squad and always wearing the armband and always leading. So uh, really interesting facts about the, the leadership there. Well, we got some shout-outs tonight to players that just kind of missed our list. Uh, Brian McBride, Tav Ramos, Michael Bradley, and Eric Wynalda, who, gosh, he's, he's really good. He probably is just maybe just a tad step behind these guys. So let's move into our vote tonight. Kevin, you are in my upper corner. Who are you taking? And I can't vote for my own. Not man. Of course, can't vote for your own. All right. Well, um, I'm going to have to go with Dempsey. I grew up watching Dempsey uh, with Donovan. And, uh, you know, Dempsey's a great player. Uh, I'm going to go with Dempsey. So I, I did my research on all three of these guys tonight. They're... And there's not a lot that separates them. 
and I do think that Dempsey is the best of the three, but Donovan's name is the biggest. I said that earlier. He's the, he's the most, he's got the biggest goals. He's got the biggest name. So I'm taking Donovan. Brian. Yeah, I got, I got to go with Donovan as well. I mean, that's, he was, when, when we went down the list, he was the first name that like just jumped out at me. And, and like I said, what he's done on the world stage is, has been something. Kyle, you can, uh, you can give us a tie or you can, you can vote for any of them. Who are you taking? You know, going last is tough, of course, because I want to, you know, I want to give so much respect to all these guys. Uh, I, if I would have gone first, though, I would have said, I think I would have said, Dobby's. you know, big, big goals on the big stage. Um, like you said, big name in, in the game. And I think one of the points that I kind of brought up earlier in the earlier sections was like what he did for U.S. soccer um, in, in, in the MLS specifically, you know. Uh, of staying here, of playing so long, of holding the records. Obviously, he's got a lot of um, a lot of uh, of goals and things named after him, like the MVP award and, and all that. So, yeah, I think it's it's Donovan for me. Um, yeah. So, a win for Kevin. Congratulations. Let's pop some questions for Kyle here about his career, so we can kind of simmer over what we were talking about there. So, Kyle, I just want to start you out here. So, you're 32 years old. How many more years do you think that you still have in you? And how has your experience with Tampa been so far? We're based out of Tampa, so it's uh, we like getting Tampa players on. Yeah. Yeah, no, 32, I think it's it's funny. Um, started back 2013, and my, my wife and I were just dating at the time and kind of doing the long distance you know, relationship stuff. And, you know, you know, she was super happy for me. And, you know, how long, how long uh, do you think that you'll play? You know, and like at that time, I was like, ah, I think most guys like maybe like five years or like around that mark. And then now I've obviously been double that at least. And so I'm just kind of, we're at the stage where uh, we're just taking it kind of one year at a time and, and just seeing when, I, I think there'll be a clear indication of when, it's time to hang them up, you know, um, depending on, you know, opportunities outside of soccer or um, how I'm feeling about playing. Because, like, at the end of the day, if my body's feeling good and, you know, I'm enjoying it, I think that those are the two most important things um, is, you know, I'm enjoying it and my body's holding up. I don't want to be doing something that's going to affect, you know, me playing with my kids and stuff as I get older and, at the end of the day, I play this game still because I like it. Because uh, if I lose that that passion, then I think it's time. And so none of those have come yet. Fortunately, I've been lucky with injuries, and I'm still enjoying it every day. It's it's easy to enjoy it while you're while you're playing in a beautiful place like Tampa too. So that, that's a good segue into into the Tampa thing. I mean, it's been awesome here. Obviously, not having to do preseason either at an indoor place or. Uh, you know, wearing the tights and the hats and the gloves and all that stuff. I haven't, this is the first time I haven't had to deal with that. So it's been, it's been pretty awesome to, to kind of just be in a place where it's always soccer weather, you know, um, regardless of it's 95 and humid or I think preseason, the coldest day we had was like maybe 60 or something. So it's been awesome here. Great city, great, you know, fan base and club. It takes care of its players well. And, 
you know, the, the city rallies around all the sports teams here. So it's been pretty cool to experience that. Okay. All right. Um, so I'm sorry. I, I'm an OC season ticket member. <laughs> and uh, so I just wanted to ask you about the, uh, I think it was the third round. You guys came over to Orlando um, for the U.S. Cup. What was it like playing uh, against Orlando in their, their uh, stadium? And, I mean, Pato is a big name, you know, for Orlando. What was it like being on the field with Pato and, and playing over there in Orlando? Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, the stadium's unbelievable. Um, I've, that was the first time I've been to the stadium. Um, I'd seen pictures. I think all the MLS stadiums, especially, you know, the soccer-specific ones that uh, are popping up now are just getting better and better and better. And so the venue itself was awesome. The pitch was amazing. Um, you know, obviously the occasion was really cool, too two Florida teams within an hour and 10 minutes or whatever it is playing against one another. And, and the, and the, the game itself, like Orlando didn't score until the second half and it was off the penalty. And so I felt like there were moments in the game where we really controlled it and, you know, stood toe to toe with them. So that was a good experience, especially for, you know, the team's confidence, things like that. And then playing against really good players like Pazzo, it's funny because I wear number 22, which, a lot of different things um, are the reason why I kind of wear that number if it's available when I join a team. Um, you know, my birthday's on the 22nd, and there's kind of other little things throughout my life that have been been 22. But um, I played with a Brazilian player in college, and he was like, he would call me Pato not only because I wore number 22 because he was wearing that at, at Milan, but um, he said I like he felt like I played like Pato as well, and and so it was kind of pretty surreal to, to see him out there and, and, uh, and yeah, it was just overall, it was a really cool experience. I think obviously we would like to win, but I think, um, there was a lot of positives to take out of that one for us. So I saw on the YouTube channel and I'm going to, I'm going to add it in while you're answering this question, but, uh, the clip, tell me about your acrobatic off the back, down the back, down your calf, game winner against San Diego. You somehow kick it with the back of your leg. Just absolutely outstanding. Tell me about that goal and, and just what you remember from the play. Yeah, so I think what I remember most is, you know, the months leading up to that goal. Um, that was on May 20th, approximately, of, of 2021. St. Louis, I had just finished playing with them for three years, and the club folded because the MLS team coming in and because of COVID. And so I really struggled as a 30 year old at the time, uh, going on 31, finding a club. Um, and so I joined uh, Louisville like really late. It was a really tough off season for me. I, I, you know, I missed the whole preseason of last year, missed the first couple of games of the season. And, um, and so it was, it was tough. Like I, I thought I was going to be being forced into retirement, a lot of doubt, a lot of, a lot of negative thoughts creeping in constantly. And so, you know, training on your own, you know, trying to stay motivated, things like that. Uh, trying not to let my emotions affect my family and the people that I was around was, was really tough for me. And then I get a phone call on a Tuesday. On the Wednesday, I'm, I'm in Louisville. And then on, on the weekend, I'm subbing in to the game. And, I, you know, I just had a feeling, you know. Ironically, it's against San Diego and Landon Donovan, which we're, we've been talking about. And so, you know, on that play, you know, it's kind of a through ball to one of my teammates, gets away from him, he slides, hits the ball off the keeper, 
ball pops up in the air and I'm just trying to head it toward the goal. And as I jump to header it, I kind of bump shoulders, which kind of throws me off balance. And I see the ball going behind me and I just try to, you know, keep it alive. And, uh, you know, my leg kind of curves up and I call it, here's, here's what I told you before the show was, I call it my ski ball goal because, you know, it's like the ramp of the ski ball, you know, projects that ball. And so it kind of just goes down my hamstring, down the calf and then flings toward the goal. And, and I'm a man of faith. And I think just there was some, you know, there was some, ever seen angels in the outfield? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I call it too. Is the, is there was some divine inter- intervention there for sure. Um, and so just having that goal was the amount of emotion um, after that as well. And after the game, I was in tears and stuff just because it had been a really tough time for me. And, and yeah, it was, it was, it was a cool one for sure. I couldn't, I couldn't ever <laughs> do that again if I tried, you know. Brian, uh, we'll do Rania after this Q&A here. I'll edit all this out. That's fine. Um, do you have a question for Kyle? I, I just wanted to know um, who were your uh, sort of idols and inspirations whenever you were sort of growing up before you really got into soccer? Just related to soccer or not related to soccer? Idols? Just like, yeah, just sports idols, basically. Um. Well, my dad was a, a big actual – I mean, he was not a famous sports sports guy at all, but – he was a super athletic uh, guy, played college basketball at University of Wisconsin, Eau Claire. Um, so I think he was my inspiration. I always looked up to my dad. He was, you know, a fit a fit guy as well. Could still dunk, played in his men's league, you know, basketball games and stuff that I would always go watch. So that was like my first memory of like looking up to an athlete was my, was my dad. And then as far as on like the bigger stage of things, uh, loved watching Michael Jordan play basketball I think I watched a lot of basketball uh, with my dad growing up and it was definitely more accessible uh, to watch you know the NBA and things like that I was also a big uh, Kansas Jayhawks uh, basketball fan as well so um liked watching a lot of those college players but from a soccer a soccer side of things like some of my earliest memories it was like watching guys like um you know Brian McBride Jay Demerit you know kind of these guys who maybe weren't as naturally gifted um, as soccer players, but um, made a way to, to make a career out of the, out of their abilities and, and work ethic and things like that. I think, you know, Brian McBride, uh, just hard nose, just got getting stuck in, you know, his eyes were all swollen in the games from just getting elbows and, and things like that. I think those are some of my uh, earliest memories of, of looking up to guys on the soccer field. Um, I also remember, you know, Kansas City Wizards when the when the MLS was so um, so in its infancy still, going and watching those games um, at the Chiefs Arrowhead Stadium. And one of my club teammates, his dad worked for uh, the news, and so he was working on sports and always interviewing. And I got like Tony Miola's goalie gloves hmm. one time after the game from him. So that was that was a big memory for me, but. A lot of those Wizards players, a lot of those kind of early era MLS guys were were big inspirations for me. And and to be honest, I never really had th- like thought like you know like these kids these days. Like at 12 years old, I want to be a pro soccer player. Like I, I honestly didn't even think I want to be a pro soccer player until I was probably 
realistically, like I, I can be, and I want to be a pro soccer player, probably not till I was 20, which oh, wow. is pretty unheard of. Um, you know, I always thought like, yeah, I, I could be, it would be cool to be, but it wasn't like I have a chance to actually, until I was about 20 to 21 years old. So that's, that's a little bit of how my story began. Kevin. So I just have, my question is more around just soccer in general in, in the U.S. It, it always seems that we're not, and we talked a little bit about it earlier, but it, we're, we're not getting over that hump. I mean, we've had stars like Beckham, Rooney, Ibrahimovic. Most recently, we got Cellini coming over, Bale's coming over. I heard Suarez is a possibility in Lingard. Um, Hector Herrera just played for Houston for his first game, and he said this is not an easy league. But for some reason, the popularity is not, still not quite where it needs to be here in the U.S. What's it going to take to get us over that hump, even with bringing these big names? Yeah, that's a that's a tough and tricky situation for me because, you know, you want to raise the level in the MLS, right? You want to bring these big name stars to kind of rate, you know, raise not only the playing level but the credibility. But I think what translates into growing the game as well is like giving the Americans a chance, you know, to play at a high level as well. And so finding that balance is really important for me of bringing in quality talent and names while also developing your players in the domestic league. You know, we can't always send our best players over at a young age to other leagues to then develop and then maybe come back over, you know. So, and I think for me, that's, that's a personal one because, you know, I've spent a little bit of time in Vancouver and like it, it does suck to, to have the, you know, like a DP come in and like, especially as a, as a forward, there's not, there's not that many American forwards playing in the U S um, or like getting good quality minutes. So um, I think it's finding that balance, you know, um, not, not uh, bringing in the guy who's just going to overshadow another talent. Um, it's tough though. You know, we, we need a homegrown star. We, we need, I mean, golf was kind of down and Tiger Woods came made it yeah. bigger than it ever was you know it was big but then it went down and tiger brought it back up you got nba you got jordan just made it bigger we need that homegrown star and someone who is more than just on the field but someone who will like hit hollywood and, and just just make it big that's what that's what it needs in my opinion here in the united states so but we'll see how that goes down here all right Kyle, we want to thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate that, and we want to wish you continued success with the uh, Tampa Rowdies. Hopefully, you'll you'll be around for a few seasons here. That would be awesome to see. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, appreciate you having me on. It was fun. Uh, nice to meet you all. You too. Thank you again for coming on. I want to remind everybody, hit that subscribe button. We'll see you next time. Have a great night.